Take your Bible, go to Revelation chapter 21. If you don't have a copy of Scripture, there's a book there in front of you, or it'll be up on the screen. You can find it in Revelation 21. We are in these mornings for the next several weeks preaching through Revelation 21 and 22 when we come to the eternal state. Now, understand, before we get to Revelation 21, the next thing on God's agenda is the rapture of the church. It's coming. There'll be a shout, the trumpet, the dead in Christ will raise. We their lives remain to be caught up together with them in the clouds ever to be with the Lord. Out of the book of 1 Thessalonians, you find that truth. Rapture is coming, and God will draw us unto Himself. After rapture comes the seven years of tribulation, the hey Megala, hey Philipsis, that time of godlessness. You ain't seen nothing yet. I won't be here for that. I'm, I'm leaving. Hope you're ready to go too. Following that comes a thousand year reign of Christ in the millennium. At the end of the millennium, the devil will be loose for just a little while. Those born in the millennium will be tempted. And then we will come to judgment. Pointed unto every man wants to die and following that the judgment. You'll stand the judgment. I'll stand the judgment. And following judgment comes this eternal state. And here he writes about it as the Lord reveals to John their own Patmos. We're in Revelation 21. I begin reading in verse 1. We preached last Sunday through the first seven verses. Then we'll dig into verse 8 here in a moment. But I want us to read the whole context of it. So read, uh, follow along with me through verse 7. We get to verse 8. Really pay attention because that's where we're going today. Revelation 21, verse 1. You listen now because this is the word of the living God. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And there was no longer any sea. Boy, did I get mail about that last week. Uh, I tell you, I, I didn't write the book. I'm just a messenger, all right? And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. No longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. He who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write these words. Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But, but, for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars. Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. 
When I was a teenager in the early 70s, the Jesus movement came. I had the bumper sticker on my car and thousands of others did across America. Turn or burn, heaven or hell. Turn or burn, heaven or hell. Well, we don't hear a whole lot of preaching on hell, seems like these days. W.A. Criswell said, when we had more hell in the pulpit, we had less in the street. Now we have less in the pulpit and more in the street. Well, when we read this text, hell is not the Bible word for this final abode. It is rather the second death that is used here. There are 18, 18 different words or phrases for this final abode. We find that second death is here, hell is here, lake that burns with fire and brimstone, Hades, Gehenna. If you've ever been to Jerusalem, you go to the southernmost gate, to the refuse gate, and, and it was the garbage heap in the Hinnom Valley. That was Gehenna. Jesus likened it because it was always burning. The worms never died, and the dogs were always gnashing their teeth there. It was hell. It was the illustration that he used. But the Bible description in our text is the lake of fire that burns with brimstone. And this is a second death. Not the first death, but the second death. And so it's that word hell that we use for that final abode. You call it what you will. That's the word I want to use because I think it is the most pointed in our culture. I want to look at for a few moments with you today. Then give an invitation, invite you to come to Christ who would forgive any sin, change any life, and fit you for heaven. There are three things I want you to see. Number one in this text is what I call the picture of hell. The picture of hell. This fire, uh, this lake that burns with fire and brimstone. You say, preacher, are you just trying to scare people? Hmm. Well, the Bible says in Hebrews 10 and verse 31, it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's not my job to scare you. The Word of God will do that. Judgment is all through Scripture. Separation is all through the Word of God. With Noah, there was a flood. There was a separation. At the Red Sea, there was a separation. There was judgment. At Sodom and Gomorrah, there was judgment when brimstone fell from heaven. In Egypt, the death angel came. And everyone that had not marked the doorpost with the blood of a lamb, the death angel came and death was there. It is judgment. But not just the Old Testament. Let me tell you, Jesus was no courtly preacher in Saul Frankland. 13% of what Jesus said dealt with judgment in hell. It's amazing. When you just simply read the Gospels, Jesus spoke strong, the lover of the world. Listen to him. Matthew 10, 28, fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Matthew 13, with that 
parable and teaching of the wheat uh, and the tares, that the furnace of fire uh, is fixed and the tares will be thrown into it and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In Matthew 25, when Jesus gave that long passage uh, on judgment, in Matthew 25 in verse 41, he said he will divide us to the left and to the right, uh, the sheep and the goats, and the goats will be on the left, and they will be cast in the fire that burns. Matthew 25 is why we have the ministry village. A little lady came to my office, asked me one time, Pastor, have you ever read Matthew 25? I said many times. She said, you don't act like you've ever read it. I said, what? She said, it says if you don't feed the poor and care for the hungry and, and all of these things, as if you never knew him. Hmm. And if you don't know him, You'll be cast into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. That's Jean Ray. Oh, I love Miss Jean. She's gone. She thinks she's in heaven. I, she didn't really act like it that day, but, you know, she is pressing the pastor a little bit, and she left, but the Spirit of God continued to deal with me, and that's why we do what we do out here, trying to help the down and out and the hurting. Jesus said, if you don't, Hell's your home. In Mark 9, verses 43, 46, 48, Jesus said it three times. You're, you're going to a place where the worm never dies, and there's gnashing of teeth. The worm doesn't die, and the fire's not quenched. The worm doesn't die, and the fire's never quenched. It never goes out, according to Mark's gospel, chapter 9. Jesus says it three times. And then, in Luke 16, he gives that pointed story. Jesus tells the story of the rich man and Lazarus. They both died. Jesus says that the poor beggar, Lazarus, went to Abraham's bosom, came to the arms of Abraham by faith. And the rich man who dressed in royal fine purple every day went to hell. Jesus said the rich man screamed, Father, send someone to dip his finger in the water and touch my tongue, for I'm in torment. He said, Father, send somebody to my brothers and sisters and warn them of this awful place. And Jesus said, well, if a man rise from the dead, they wouldn't believe him if they won't believe the prophet. The rich man died and went to hell. It's the picture of Revelation 21 in verse 8 that we have in our text. It is, it is a lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Don't miss this picture. Get it in your mind. Martin Marty says the church really does not believe in hell. Because if the church really believed in hell, she'd stop watching TV and go from person to person, house to house, place to place, and beg people to miss hell and make heaven. Don't miss this picture. It's not beautiful. But see it today. A lake on fire with brimstone. Secondly, he says, see the people of hell. He mentions eight people going to hell. 
He enumerates them right here. The cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. He said will have their part in this lake that burns. Look at them with me very quickly. First of all, cowardly, the cowardly. Cowards won't stand for Christ. Cowards, Jesus said, if you won't confess me before men, I won't confess you before the Father. These are people who say, well, I'm just going to be a secret disciple. Hmm. Dear friend, if you're following Jesus, go public. Go public. Don't be a coward. I pray. I pray almost daily. I do it at least three to four times every week. When I go see my mother, she lives now out toward the University of West Florida. And when I leave there, I go and I drive around. All you college kids hear me. I drive through that campus and I pray, Oh God, oh God, send us students this fall that are not cowards for the faith. That they'd stand in every dormitory, in every class, in every social gathering. Lord, for those we've raised up out of our own church and others that'll come join us from across the United States and some around the world, God, give us young people that are not cowards. We may see revival. The coward goes to hell. The, secondly, the unbelieving. This is apistos. Pistos is the word faith. You put the alpha in front of it. It's like moral. Amoral means no morals. Well, this is apistos, no faith. Friend, if you don't believe, you'll go to hell. For by grace are you saved through faith. He that believes on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, no faith was the father of all wickedness that opened the very gates of Eden to sin. They wouldn't believe the Word. They wouldn't believe God. They said, no, we don't believe. The unbelieving go to hell. Thirdly is the abominable. What's a word that's really loaded up? That it's an abomination under God. First word that comes to my mind is abortion every time I think of this word. Anybody that would make a living killing children. That's an abomination under God. Fourth is the word murder. P-H-O-N-E-U-S. Phonus is, is our word here. The man that would take another man's life. A murderer. Number five is immoral. When you go back to murder, you find murder all through Scripture. God says if you die as a murderer, hell be your home. Number five is immoral. It's the word pornos, P-O-R-N-O-S. It's easy to find what we get from that word, isn't it? Pornography, pornos. This is sexual sin. The whoremonger is listed here. This is the man married to no one but sleeping with everyone. This is the woman married to a man and yet breaking her vow and going with another and another and another and another. This is the whoremonger. This is the adulterer. This is the fornicator. This is the perversion of sexuality. This is the homosexuality. Where you pervert that. This is the transgender issue. 
that's before us that we deal with. I can understand a whole lot. And, and I've known through my high school years and others that struggled in, in that area. Dear friends, it makes no sense. Transgender issue. It's an immoral, pornos perversion. Number six is the sorcerer. Pharmacos is our word. P-H-A-R-M-A-K-O-S. We get our word pharmacy <laughs> right out of this word. This is the drug dealer and the drug addict. And this is why we do the cares house. This is for the alcoholic, the drug addict. They'll be in hell. They tell me I-10 is a big place for drugs running up and down I-10. It's a godless person that would make a living putting that poison in a 15, 14, 13, 16-year-old's body so they'd be hooked on it to the place that it crushes them. Hell be your home. He speaks next of the idolater. This is someone who substitutes anything for God. Hmm. And then all liars. Hmm. It's the opposite of a truth teller. And they just lie and lie and lie. All, they'll have their place in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. You say, well, preacher, how in the world did, did you miss this? Hmm. Well, Revelation 20, verse 11 says, He saw a great white throne. He that sat upon it, the presence of the earth fled away. No one was, place was found for him. Verse 13, the sea gave up the dead which are in it, and death, Hades, the dead were in them, and they were judged. Every one of them came to judgment. Let me tell you, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderer, the immoral, the sorcerer, the idolater, the liar will all stand at the judgment seat and be told they don't know God and be cast into hell. You say, preacher, that's me. Listen to me. I, this preacher, I am every one of these things. Everyone. I've had the spirit of a coward before. I've had a time when I didn't believe. You say, murder? The Bible says, if you think anger in your heart, it's as bad as if you did it. Adultery says, if you have lust in your heart, it's as if you've done it. Say, preacher, you going to hell? No. Why is that? Well, the Bible says that there is a judgment, a great white throne, and every one of us are going to have our day in court. Now, if you go to court, there's three things going to happen. Number one, they're going to present evidence. Number two, they're going to make a defense. And thirdly, there's going to be a verdict. That They will give evidence of your sin. You can try to make a defense, and then there'll be a verdict. But I am not going to trial. I got good news. For, I want you to know about me. Bless God, I'm not going because I settled out of court. <laughs> Glory to God, I did. I settled out of court. I looked, I was guilty, I was doomed to hell. I was gone, and Jesus came down off the judgment seat and looked at me. He said, I got a deal for you, buddy. I said, tell it to me. He said, you don't have to go to hell if you'll come and trust me. My blood will pay the price. I'll go for you. And I said, I take that deal. 
I take that deal. I settled out of court. Glory to God, I did. And Jesus wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm there. And when I get to the other side, I'll be found guilty but forgiven, and heaven will be my home because Jesus is my Lord. They'll, they'll come to that, that book, and they'll go well over here in the back, and they'll say, there it is, Q-R-S-T, and they'll come down to T, and they'll find my name. But now listen, when I get to glory, my name's not going to be over in the back. My name's going to be in the front. I've been waiting all my life while they call the roll. Allen, Baker, Callahan, Doofus. <laughs> Trailer, here! I'm going to be in the front because the first going to be last and the last are going to be first when I get to go. I'm moving up. I'm moving up. That's right, sister. <laughs> I'm telling you, friend, there are people going to hell if you don't settle out of court. And Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. In this text, lastly, there's what I call the principle. The principle of hell. And that's what he says in verse 8. The lake that burns with fire and brimstone, this is the second death. Second death. Revelation speaks of the second death three different times. In chapter 2 and verse 11, uh, the Bible says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. By the second death. And then in Revelation 20 and verse 14, then death in Hades, that word Hades in the King James is the word hell. It's transliterated Hades. We're thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death death, the lake of fire. But then in Revelation 20 and verse 6, the Bible says, blessed and holy is the one who is a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. The second death will have no power over them. Death, second death. There's a physical death and everybody in here Lest the Lord comes before you die, you're going to die. All of us. Physical death. The physical death is a separation of the body from the spirit. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. You, your spirit and your body are separated at physical death. Spiritual death. That's when a person is separated from God. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all dead in trespasses and in sin. And so when you sin, and you are a sinner, then you have spiritual death and you're separated from God. But now thirdly is the second death. The second death is an eternal separation from God. You are forever separated from God. It is the second death. It is death 
death, death, death. Just a few days ago, I was over here at the funeral home. I had a funeral to do, and I got there a little early, and uh, I asked if I could have a place to sit, and they said, yeah, and they brought me in the back where some of the folks were working, secretaries and different ones. Man, it was a busy day. The phone was ringing. People were dying. They're trying to get ready for a funeral. Flowers were coming in. And I sat there and I, I looked. I couldn't even concentrate. I'm looking around and they're, yes, we'll be there quick as we can. We'll get somebody over there. Yeah, we, well, we got it. We'll get the great. And I'm looking. I'm saying, I'm, this is like hell. It's just death, 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 death. Everywhere I turn, people die. That's the second death. It's death everywhere you look. There is no life. It's just second death. You don't have to go through the second death. You'll go through the first death. But the second death is when you are eternally separated from God and cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. That is the second death. I read this week of a street preacher during the blitz of World War II in London. If you've never read of that, you should. It, it, it'll shake your soul. Churchill, of course, writes about it. Underground, they have to go underground almost every night. Bombs falling as the Germans came across the canal. Lacing that countryside and then coming to London. It was a street preacher who wrote the story and said, I was preaching on the corner they bombed at night. He said, I was preaching. And a skeptic, a half-infidel, came up to me and said, Preacher, what are you talking about? He said, hell's not when you die. This is hell now. This is hell. This is hell. And the preacher said, uh, no, sir, this can't be hell. He said, what do you mean he can't be hell? He said, well, three reasons. He said, number one, I'm here. And I'm not going to hell. He said, number two, right across the street is a Bible-preaching church, and there are no Bible-preaching churches in hell. He said, thirdly, I'm giving the gospel, and there is no gospel-preaching in hell. He said that guy just spit and kicked the ground and walked off. He said about three weeks later, he was in his church and he gave an invitation and a man came walking forward. He said, preacher, you know who I am? He said, yeah, I know who you are. He said, you're that guy? He said, yes, sir. He said, your, your conversation meant so much sense to me. He said, I know now. When we die, we've got to have it right. He said that man, a skeptic, he'd never believed, gave his heart and life to Christ that day and was saved. He said, Prince, you don't know what I've done. Let me tell you, I don't care what you've done. God's grace is greater than your grace. Jesus talked about that woman. He'd been married six times, and, and the one she's living with now wasn't even her husband. Mm -hmm. God forgave her, wrote her up in the book. She got a Bible testimony. I was a junior student, Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama, pastor in a little church. One night a lady joined our church to me. She said, I think my husband's ready. I said, yeah, you sure? I knew him. 
His name was Snake Simmons. I don't know what his first name was. Everybody called him Snake. And I'm just telling you, you don't get that name by, you know, like giving a big love offering or something. I mean, <laughs> so I went to his house. It's dead of summer in August. I took Gene Farmer with me. Gene got in the car and we drove out there. Went in and Snake was sitting on the, he said, sit down, Pastor. And I said, good. And he sat on the couch and I sat down on the coffee table. And I looked across there at him and I, and I began to share the gospel. And I said, Snake, if, if you'll trust Jesus, he'll forgive your sin. I don't care what you've done. He reached over one hand and got me. He said, you mean that? Did it? I said, yes, sir, if, if, if you call on him. He said, it doesn't matter. I said, no. And I thought, well, so I just, I don't care if you've been a drunk. I knew he'd been a drunk. I said, I don't care if you've been a drunk. God will forgive you. He said, I've done that. I said, you've lied. He said, I've done that. I said, I don't care if you committed adultery. He said, I've done that. I was glad she wasn't there. But... And so I went through everything I could think. And finally, Philip, I looked at him, and, and, and I just reached way back, and I said, Snake, I don't care if you've killed a man. And he reached with both hands and got me. He said, do you mean that? I said, yes, sir. He bowed his head, dropped his head. He said, preacher, I've done that. He said, you mean God? I said, the guy that wrote a bunch of the New Testament was a murderer. What he did for Paul, he'd do for you. He asked Jesus to save him that night. And let me tell you, friend, if God can make a saint out of a snake, he can save you. <laughs> yes, he can. We got up and we walked back to the car. It was 145 degrees in that house. <laughs> Dead of August of Birmingham. We got in the truck. Old Gene was with me. Gene been saved about six months. We got in the car. He shut the door. He looked over me. He said, I'm telling you, it's hotter than hell. <laughs> he said, I mean, it was hot in there, wasn't it, Pastor? I said, yes, sir, it was. <laughs> old Gene been saved. He just hadn't moved real deep into sanctification yet, but... He is so winning. He is out there with me. I took him because he is the biggest guy in the church. <laughs> I didn't know what that guy's going to do. I didn't know what he's going to do, but I'll tell you what Jesus did. Jesus saved his soul. And friend, if you're at home today, I don't care what you've done. I'm telling you, Jesus saved you if you'll call on him. I hope you'll let me know that. Just text me at 94,000. Send me that word, Savior. We'll reach back to you. We want to help you. You're in this room today and you've never trusted Jesus. When we sing this song, it's God's appeal. I want you to come. You say, Pastor, I, I just don't. Oh, let me tell you, friend, just come running to him. I'm telling you, he'll save you. He'll do that right now for you if you call on his name. I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done. The grace of God flows deeper and higher and wider than anything you could do. For well, by grace are you saved through faith. God saved that woman at the well. God saved Snake Simmons in a trailer in Springville, Alabama. I'm telling you, God saved you today. God saved a man, a tax collector up a tree. God saved you today. God saved the Apostle Paul who murdered church people. God saved you today. He changed your life. But if you say no to him, like a coward. 
Mark it down. Hell will be your home if you don't repent before Jesus comes for you. It's not a popular message, but it's a Bible message. It's, it's set before us life and death. Which one will you choose today? I'm going to pray a short prayer. After I pray, my dear friend's going to start to sing. And when he sings, I want to invite you to come. While I'm praying, you can get up and come while I'm praying. Just walk on down. Just come on. Under the Lord. Come, saying yes to Christ. Come to be baptized like these were today. Come today to trust the Lord. Join his church. Come, put your life right here. You say, preacher, I don't know what people will think about me. Friend, you better be thinking about who has the keys of heaven and hell and what they think about you. That's the thought to have. Any of this crowd that's not for you, we'll take them out behind the building and deal with them. The church says, whosoever will, along with the Lord, come. Come, Father. Save my friends today. Draw them up close. Forgive them. Thank you, Lord, for what you did in my life. Thank you for what you did in old Mr. Simmons' life years ago. Lord, do it again. Do it again.